Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. After just so much silence on the fantasy front and movies that we desperately wanted to see, I feel like we're about to be inundated. Yes, indeed. I think that between COVID being at a spot where everyone is realizing that it's either going to be here for a while or this is as good as it's going to get for a little while. Yeah, they're releasing the movies. Release the Kraken. Well, I think, I mean... Plenty of movies have done robust opening weekend business. Uh, good enough. Yeah, good enough to recoup the, the expenses. So, of course, we're talking about The Matrix, which is further off. Dune, which is immediate and, well, and has some interesting non-movie, non-movie theater implications. And then, of course, yep. best for last, James Bond. Bond, finally. it's I'm, What a delay. It's crazy to see, you know... So many actors have multiple movies stacking up, and I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking specifically about Isaac, Oscar Isaac, who is mm-hmm. in Dune, right? But he's in like at least two other movies right now that I've yeah, seen stuff for. And it's like, yeah. when did he? Oh, I know when he had time because we got two years of Oscar Isaac's movies piled up. Yeah, we just didn't have we didn't have many movies coming out over the last twenty months. So here they come. Okay, baseball. We are actually. I mean, we're close to the end of the season, but there's still a lot of stuff going on. And there have been some real heroics lately in games. Down to the line. Down to the line, yeah. yeah. So you highlighted here top five hitters, top five pitchers over the past 21 days. I'm not exactly sure why you listed these names, except for I'm not surprised no, I, by well, them. Tell me what's up. I, it, that's, that's the whole point. Was I, I was like, where, where are we right now? Uh, because you, you get to this, you have this early season. Everybody is analyzing everything. Mm-hmm overanalyzing every move and then you get to about the all-star break and then you sort of start you get this weird in-between gray area this sunny gray area where all of a sudden the names actually change and you're not watching it until like the end of season we're going to get to this end of season point where the stats are all there and then you and i are going to look at these in february and be like ian half yeah whoa he became a thing these i so yeah i just wanted to take a look at the top five hitters over the last 21 days this is going to be the best way to forecast out for the next 21 days which will basically bring us to the the end of the season we've got bryce harper sal perez vlad guerrero ian happ and marcus Semyon. i i guess the only thing that surprises me there is sure ian happ um that marcus Semyon kept it going i mean marcus Semyon, he's back well, he didn't. In, he had a swoon in the middle of the season, and he's back. He's going to be a top. He's going to be a top twenty player. Yeah, and I mean, you're, you're right that actually the best thing before we get to the pitchers, the best thing that we can do right now is remind ourselves why we're feeling a certain way about statistics that we see for given players before we start thinking about drafts next year. Before in February yeah. next year, 
<laughs> it's like Marcus Simeon, should he really be drafted as a top 20 player? He is number four on the year. Right, so do you draft him as a top 20 player? Yes. Whoa! I think you do. Well, it depends on where... I guess it does depend on where he is. Clear that in Toronto, in AAA parks, yep. he is mashing. It's it's true, but they're not <laughs> playing in AAA parks anymore. So? Okay. Confidence builder? Okay. Yeah, no, For the, on the year he's number four, so he's going to be... I think he could be. I think he's going to be a play, I, player... There's going to be someone who reaches for him thinking he's like really, really legit. I wouldn't do that. But if he's fallen to you in the second round, okay, second, we have to do it. Ah, uh, that's a good question. How, how far, you know, where do I actually value him so that if he fell, I would take him? Wow. I, I, after a couple moments of self reflection, I, I think you might actually be right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I still don't know if he's a second rounder, third rounder for sure. Second round. He's just not a guy I want to build my team around. And in the second round, I'm looking, in the first and second round, I'm looking for guys to build my team around. All right, let's talk about these pitchers quick. Max Scherzer, Julio Urias, Blake Snell. Don't. Robbie Ray, Sonny Gray. Yeah, Blake Snell, a little too, little too late. I'm, I'm mad at Blake Snell. Uh, Robbie Ray, I'm not surprised. I've been on that horse forever. Robbie, you really have been. And he's back. I know. He's he's doing Robbie Ray things, giving up a lot of runs and striking out a lot of guys. Yeah, a lot of runs, but if he's pitching, he's pitching so deep into the games right now. Uh, he, I mean, he's always pitched relatively deep into games, and now he's really pitching deep into games. This um, this Sonny Gray thing, I've talked myself into him. I think you know every single year. Is this is this real? This isn't real, right? Two years in a row of of really really good numbers and this is at last year we could say well it's i guess it wasn't really good numbers but it was pretty good he's done pretty well since being in cincinnati this is is pretty wild i'm thinking of 2019 numbers i i guess but i mean we've all been burned by exactly sunny gray exactly i feel like i feel like everyone has overspent on sunny gray at some point or like over invested on sunny gray at some point well let's pivot now to football and football we're at that Lovely time of year where we've got overlap. Double football. Double football. Uh, let's just briefly reflect on first tough weekend in the EPL. Um, and really tough. I mean, Tottenham getting just demolished by Crystal Palace. <laughs> just embarrassing. Uh, we were successful on Chelsea um, over Villa, which I will admit I was extremely nervous about. And... Um, well, they were a, they were a stay away last year because they just like to put the fl- they were the fly in the ointment last exactly. year. Exactly, just like any time that you would bet against them, they'd figure out how to steal a draw, steal a bingo. And then uh, Brentford, our our darling, just we should we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have really picked that one because we we sort of like Brighton. Um, I will note that the Brighton relegation odds are just plummeting. <laughs> I. Yeah, they're like a third of the way to the point total that they yeah. had last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brighton's looking, Brighton's doing okay right now. Uh, yeah, so, you know, a little disheartening, but we press on. <laughs> this uh, this week is tough. I think that, I, I think that Chelsea's going to win because I think that Chelsea's going to be the team this okay, year. Okay, let's do it. All right, Chelsea, um, what do you feel, how are you feeling about Arsenal against Burnley? 
He's got to save his job. Arsenal's got it. Got, it's two in yeah. a row. He's going to get six points. So gets, that's going to like the fire, whatever his face. Arteta, sorry. Arteta. Okay. So we got two. Yeah, Chelsea, Arsenal. Um, What else do you like here? Should we do Wolves over Brentford? Should we do... Should we do... Norwich? Norwich over Watford? I'll do it. All right, let's do it. This is Norwich's best shot. Arsenal, Norwich, Chelsea. <laughs> Love that. Let's do it. Is this going to be... Is it really going to show who's... Oh, Watford did win the first week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right, that sounds good. Uh, sounds terrible. Nope, sounds terrible, but it is what it is. So, NFL is, you know, is the same as always. Vikings losing Both a game that lost. they should have won. Uh, or and the Giants not showing up. The and Giants just the ball. The Giants just straight up didn't show up. Love that one. Um, <laughs> Love that the Giants didn't show up against the Broncos. Come on, guys. It's like one of their winnable ones. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I mean, let's see. What what are we most surprised by? Is it, well, I guess I'll ask you. Are what were you most surprised by? Eagles. Yeah, that's what, I was, the Falcons. that's what I was. I kind of thought the Falcons were going to be in. Texans getting a win on the year is shocking. Um, but this was they kind of had to win this game, otherwise they very well could have gotten zero and seventeen. It's it it is true. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's about right. Um, I mean, I'm happy to see the Packers lose to the Saints. Like, oh, they got and they got crushed. All right, well, let's get into it. I want to hear your updates. I did some grunt work behind the scenes. You did some cool work. Let's hear what's up. We're going to talk about agent based modeling stuff that we just started started last week. Making some incremental progress, as far as I understand it, but there's some real stuff in the outline, so floor is yours. Sure. Yeah, last week we discussed a new project we'll be tackling this fall, an agent-based model for pitcher selection in an NFBC format. So key terms there, agent-based model in ABM. Um, we talked about that. It's a, a model to try to figure out or try to... Um, you. <laughs> It's an interactive model that produces emergent behavior. Um, You can go back to last week if you really want to have the definition, or you can just Google it. Please do. Uh, NFBC format. uh, It's a 15-team roto with nine pitching slots. This is what the TGFBI uses. This is what a lot of the um, expert leagues, money leagues, use um, in fantasy base. So we're modeling towards that which it seems like a great idea it seems like a great idea because so many fantasy experts use it and it's just it's sort of a bulletproof format roto roto is so much more bulletproof than head-to-head where it's like i had the i had the second worst week and i ended up getting five wins in pitching (laughs) so this will this will be good all right so we'll continue discussing this topic over the next couple of weeks as we develop the model now this is seems to be our trend in the fall as the as the leaves start to turn colors as the season starts to end as the days get shorter we start figuring out one project that we're working on we work on it we hammer you you all all of, all of you listeners with this over over your heads over the fall and hopefully we don't lose everybody but this seems like this is going to be a pretty good project right and if we get enough progress we might be able to submit a Sloan paper with the initial findings in another week. What I like about the project is that we have this, we have a long-term vision, but it forces lots of sub goal development 
that will be useful for a variety of projects. Like, absolutely, we have yeah. we have all these intermediate steps that we need to hit. Then it's like, okay, actually, we should have had these tools in place a long time ago. Let's finally take the chance to build them. I mean, actually, getting a scraper that has week by week categories or week by week stats and week by week projections was is a non-zero amount of work <laughs> but something that yeah something that would be hugely helpful for like any sort of rough project that we could want to do in the future absolutely yeah no we're getting we're creating the tools to be able to create the tools <laughs> and that's sort of what this this week is is creating the tools to be able to create the tools now i'm gonna two two pieces here one is that we're still being a little bit we're still being a little bit vague in what it is we're doing because it's an agent-based model for pitcher selection. We're trying to keep it a little bit vague. The idea is that we're creating agents who will select pitchers on, for right now, week-to-week basis. And the goal is doing that, trying to put our heads together to model how that would work. And then we're we're going to try to see from that, from those interactions between agents what trends emerge, what trends don't, etc. Right? That's exactly right. I mean, right. Emergent behavior, buzzword of the fall. So, and then there are some steps that, that need to be done. Number one, or number zero, getting that data. Thank you, Mike, for putting together a couple of data, putting together data sets uh, for this, putting together the scraping tools in, the, in this. You should be putting those into this repository. That, that I can do. That we put it's not together. hard. Now, Step number one is creating the agents. What does that mean, Mike? <laughs> this is the biggest well, step. This is like a giant step up. It is It is the biggest step. And I started I started working on this the other night. And then I realized, yeah, of course, this is, this is Nate Silver's piece about like, all right, you have this really cool modeling idea. Number one, you got to get the data into the shape. You grab data for me. And even then, still, I had to spend a few hours in reading that data into Python, putting it into a format that we can use on the data Mm. modeling side. And because what we're trying to get to is we're trying to create agents, I'm using air quotes here, agents for drafting. And those agents really are going to each be a draft list. So we need to be able to create the mechanisms to create 15 separate draft lists because we're in a as I said, NFBC, Tiffin, Roto. So 15 different draft lists. That's actually a lot of work and a lot of data management. And as of right now, we have two functions here, import data in Python, and we have load agent. So the load agent function, based on input weights, we'll get, we'll get to that, uh, imports in data, real-world data, from, from what happened over the season, week one, week whatever you specify and preseason coming soon forecast data as well. And then it uses the weights that you've determined to weight those different products to then create a final draft list. Now, when I say those weights, those weights are how much do you want to weight the preseason rankings? How much do you want to weight the last week's, um, the rankings out of last week's, uh, realized data last, um, and then I have this previous weeks, which is two and three weeks before, and then full season. So that's a, and then we, then we're gonna have the forecast piece of it. This is, I mean, this is always the hard. I mean, right. So just to to step back, it's right now we're in the 
conceptual design phase of the yes, agents. We are right. So we yeah. we're trying to we're trying to algorithmically say everything that we've ever thought about in our heads while drafting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. Is like when you look at two guys and you have their their preseason stats in front of you or their last three weeks in front of you, how do you decide which one to pick? And right. we want agents that reflect not only our permutations, but like the weirdest guy in your league's <laughs> permutations. Right. Exactly. Or the guy who hasn't actually followed baseball this year and is using last year's or something. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to cover all of that conceptual ground. And that's really hard. <laughs> It turns out it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a whole lot to actually put in there, and then to <laughs> to create because we're putting. I'm saying, what is the weight that you're putting on there? And you have no idea. Most people have no idea when they're looking when they're doing ad drops in week number ten, and they're looking at two different players, and they look at what are their stats over the last three weeks? What are their full season stats? What were their preseason rankings? They have no idea what in the back of their head, the, the weight that they're putting on each one of those things. Is it 10%? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. On the full season stats and 90% in the last three? Or is it, or is those flipped? And that's, that's why I'm saying that this is the big step because we have to figure out those algorithm weights. And we have to, I think, I mean, I think we're both resigned to the fact that we're going to have to do some guess and check and just see what doesn't result in a crazy list. <laughs> Well, but this is so I put together the the function as of right now. Load agent takes in it as as input variables. It's analysis week, so it's like let's say week five. You know, wait last week, wait previous week, wait full season, wait preseason, and then wait um, forecast, mm-hmm. which is zeroed out. So <laughs> good luck <laughs> there. But we can do that. We now have we have now have the power to iterate and say, all right, well, here are 15 people, 15 agents. We're loading them up, and we can create the equation to try to 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 update those and have them now draft against each other. The next step in this process. So let's just say for right now, this is an we're doing an agile approach. That means we're working towards something that works, and then we're continually refining. So we're gonna we want something that works it creates agents simulates player selection calculates wins and losses across simulations displays and analyzes that data and then we're going to re then we're going to iterate right and then we're going to make changes we're going to make things better we're going to add in two two seasons ago preseason projections we're going to add in um we're going to add in those forecasts we're going to set a default for for the drafting style except all right but right now the next step that we have is simulating the player selection Preseason, I created a Python script called DraftBot, which did this off of one list. And I had said at the time, when we really do this, we're going to need to split this out and accept multiple. So that's going to be that's going to be my work for this week is repurposing the script that we had from synthetic drafting for <laughs> actually having multiple agents. That's right. Yeah, I think the size says it all. Yeah, no, it's I. You always knew that this day would come. I did. I did. So it's exciting. Um, what else? Anything else? We're gonna we're gonna talk about this more next week, right? We are gonna talk about this more next week. I, I mean, it's just very exciting. I think there's there's this step was going to figure out how to make one draft happen, and then we have lots of other pieces going forward to actually um, do some do some simulating of a whole season. 
But once we have one draft happen, we're we've done eighty percent of the work to having every draft happen. <laughs> I yeah, I I agree. I agree with that. I mean, there as we discussed before, there is the wrinkle of the fact that you have to decide. You also have to decide when to anti-draft a player or drop a player. It's, this is not this agile loop. This agile loop is making it work. This agile loop is making it sure, work. but you haven't even introduced the fact that we've embraced the we've fully embraced an agile approach to the process. Right. We are. Well, I, I glint. I glint over it. I think every, I think everything in our life is everything in our projects now is agile. Has to be. Well, I don't know that it has to be, but we functionally are doing it agile. Yeah, it's more fun that way. Unless, unless we want to do it, unless we want to do one gigantic podcast every two months, we have to work agile. All right, I think that about brings us to the review session. Paul DeJong. Uh his stats have been waiting patiently. I'm so excited. Well, not really. He's pretty bad this year. All right, Paul DeJong. Uh, 2021 St. Louis Cardinals. He's played in 101 games, 366 plate appearances. We're reaching what should be full season totals, and that is not not good. Uh, 41 runs, 41 RBIs, 17 home runs, four stolen bases, 198 average. If you drafted him this year, I'm sure you dropped him. <sighs> yeah, I'd hope so. I dropped him. I drafted him and dropped him. <laughs> so... And I am a Paul DeYoung believer. I know I held on him way longer than I should have. Um, I I don't know what to say. I mean, I loved him in the 2019 season. And I think that is increasingly looking just straight up outlier. What's the problem here? I, I don't I don't really understand what the problem is. Like, he's all over the place. I think he's just not that good of a baseball player. I mean, I, I really don't think there's one singular problem. And my general feeling is like if the St. Louis Cardinals can't turn somebody into a robust everyday player, like bit player, then they're not going to have success on another team. So it's not as simple as saying like Paul DeYoung needs to go on a different team. You don't think it, you don't think there that that would help him if he had somewhere else new voices, um, New Jersey. Who who is going to? I, he doesn't need. He doesn't really need playing time. So it's not like he needs to go to like the Marlins or something, and like play every day. He but he's not going to get picked up by the Dodgers and given like the two spot or something, which is the profile that, in theory, I think you want him to do. I mean, his big problem is his average, right? He can't bat. Yeah, he I- can't hit consistently enough to be up in the order where the rest of his stats are going to accumulate. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's a Billy Hamilton problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I was sort of getting there too, because it's a Billy Hamilton problem because he never gets extra base base hits. He doesn't hit it hard. He doesn't get extra base hits. So, I mean, what, he's just going to get singles all the time. Yeah. But there was a season, I mean, 2019, he hit 30 home runs. And his, yeah, but his hard hit was still 21% that year. So how that must have been luck. I think there's a good chance that it that it's just luck. I mean, I I'm done defending Paul DeYoung. I I thought before I watched more of him this week that I was going to be a Paul DeYoung defender, and he just doesn't he just doesn't look like he's up to it. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. He looks fine in the field. He looks fine. He's not great. 
No, no, no. He looks he looks fine. He I don't know. I mean he's just I just watched him again. He's just a baseball player. Does he need to be like does does he need to be like a utility player? He plays everywhere in the field and then gets like you know, he plays five out of six games. Um well, from a baseball perspective, probably. From a fantasy perspective, that's probably not helpful. Well, he gets all that added um, eligibility. Maybe, but I'd rather have a I'd rather have a guy that plays every day at shortstop. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe would, is there a chance that it could like help him? Yeah. Even some of the hits, if you're watching Statcast, mm-hmm. like the random video, it's like hit. You see it, the ball like get hit. It's like softly played. It's like, wow, someone's going to get there. There, Nope. Someone somehow just didn't get to that ball. I mean, just look at his spray chart in 2021. Like, it's not like none of his singles are going to the, none of his singles or doubles are going to the wall. They're all getting fielded in like <laughs> just shallow yeah. outfield. Like, okay. Yeah. He, um, I think he needs a new spot. I think, I think he needs to go somewhere okay. else. Maybe Minnesota. This is the kind of guy that ends up on a Minnesota team. Hundred percent ends up playing left field in Minnesota. Oh man, oh man! You know what? I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. Why not? I bet you he'd play better left field than a lot of the jokers that you've had. Brent Rooker. I mean, he can't be worse than. I shouldn't say that. He's probably not worse than Brent Rooker. That's a, outs above average. Ninety one. But it's it's kind of amazing. I mean, the in twenty nineteen where we're slotting him in to in this discussion. I mean, this is just a guy that like we just shouldn't be discussing. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, true. Like he's 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 not going to be drafted next year. No, he's going to be waiver wire. He's going to be on the waiver wire every single week. People are going to look at him and be like, mm, "Should I take him?" I think this is nah. the first guy that we've been able to definitively say like, no one's going to draft this guy. Like he's going to be on the waiver wire next year. I think everybody else, there's been at least a defensible case to say like, you know, maybe you'd take a late round flyer on him. I can't even endorse taking a late round flyer on Paul DeYoung. No, not at this point. He's twenty eight. He's on a team that's. He, he, this should have been his year. Yep. That's actually been a lot. A lot of players I've had that same feeling of of like, if you can make it happen this year, like, wow, we we can't we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nope. I'm with you. All right. That's enough, Paul DeYoung. <laughs> Who are we doing next week? Well. I think it's an up. Jake Cronenworth. Uh, interesting one. Mm-hmm. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Worst of luck to you, too.